All right. Man, it's such a such a, a good thing to be able to be a blessing, isn't it? We are blessed. If you didn't know, you are blessed, and we are blessed to be a blessing. That's that's why we exist, in order to bless others. And so, if that's a revelation for you, hey, welcome. You, you're good. You can go home now. <laughs> but, but we can dive. We can also dive into the Word a little bit more. And uh, hey, I want to remind you guys of the men's conference that's this Thursday. This Thursday. Any men in the house? I don't, I'm not talking about boys. I'm talking about men. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, if you're a man, raise your hand. Come on. Chance, decide today. What are you going to be? Who are you going to be? All right. I want, if your hand was raised, I want to see you at the conference on Thursday night too. All right. So kind of uh, luring you in. It's $15, but don't let $15 stop you. So uh, if you need a sponsorship, we got you covered. There's somebody that's already said, hey, I'm going to cover some folks. And so don't let money keep you from experiencing time with fellowship, with community, with brothers, and also hearing from the Lord, all right? We had a fun time in worship, a lot of games. As you can see right here from last year, a lot of games are there, uh, games, activities, challenges, and we got a lot of giveaways too. I mean, I'm talking about some two-night giveaways, some, some handmade uh, swings. We've got all kinds of crazy things that we're going to be giving away, and so uh, the women are like, you better get that two-night getaway. I'm going to get that time with you. <laughs> so anyway, wise, let me give you some wisdom, men. You better get there and get that. All right. So uh, we talked last week. We're in our series, uh, By the Grace of God, By the Grace of God Alone. By the Grace of God Alone, we are able to, and you fill in that blank. But we talked about the empowering grace, the empowerment of grace. So there's salvation and Grace is not, or salvation is not the fullness of grace, while salvation includes grace and grace includes salvation. There's so much more that God wants us to experience. So we talked about the mercy seat, needing to come to Jesus to receive mercy, meaning you don't get what you deserve. Thank God, Jesus paid the price of our sins once and for all, so we don't have to pay for those. And then he gave us grace, so he gave us what we didn't deserve he gave us a blessing in abundance, or at least access to things we didn't even, we don't even deserve. And so, man, thank you, God. So we talked about salvation for a couple of weekends. To clarify, you can always go back and listen to these on YouTube or livewithpurpose.church, our online community. Welcome. They're here, and they're, they're joining us as well. You can always go back and watch it like they're watching it right now. But we all, then we talked about the empowerment of grace. We, talked, we said seven things that grace does, at least seven things, how it, grace empowers us. And one of those was that, that grace, which is really a gift and a promise, who is the Holy Spirit, that's by, he's by grace, he is a person, a pronoun, he is by grace to those who are willing to yield to him and receive, ask and receive, and just by faith, receiving this baptism, which is very important, which Jesus does. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Should we be willing to yield our will and our hearts to receive the Holy Spirit? So what he comes with is many things. Here next week and the next week, we're going to talk about some of those uh, gifting things, uh, gifts that he comes with. But last week, we talked about some of the empowerments that he does inside of you first to prepare you for those things. So what we talked about was the Holy Spirit comforts, the grace, the empowerment, uh, empowering grace, which is the Holy Spirit. He comforts. He comforts us and he nurtures us right where we are. And he does that not so that we can be good. I'm good on my own. 
me and the Holy Spirit, he comforts us so that we can then comfort others with the same comfort in which we've been comforted. So he comforts us into mission. And that's, the, that's what we're going to talk about this week, empowerment to live on mission. So he comforts us so that we can go and minister, we can comfort others. Then he also gives us a mental empowerment, meaning I don't have to, I don't have to think the way I think anymore. It's not an excuse, well, that's just how God made me. No, you were born one way and then you get born again. So quit trying to declare old nature's things whenever God has created you into a new man or a new woman. Whoa, man. Oof, man. <laughs> Mental empowerment. I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I can have the mind of Christ. In fact, I do have the mind of Christ and a choice to lean into or back away from. Third, spiritual empowerment, meaning, remember JJ, the dynamite. That's the empowerment, the spiritual empowerment in Acts 2. You, will, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? To be his witnesses to the, all the earth. To witness Jesus. And in fact, the more that you just spend time with the Holy Spirit in your private time, your intimacy, things just start to happen in, by nature, supernaturally in your life. And people are witness, understanding that you are a witness to Jesus because of your lifestyle. The things that happen in your life, the things that happen through your life. And so spiritual empowerment, meaning powerful things will happen. People will get healed. People will get healed. Prophecy will change lives. These things will happen. And then we talked about physical empowerment. Again, you can be healed and others can be healed. There's a physical empowerment. Jesus Christ went to the cross to to die for our sins, to break the curse of sin, but also to release the blessings of Abraham into us, spiritual, we spiritual children, so you can declare the spiritual blessings of Abraham over your body so that it gets into alignment with who God has created you to be intentionally. Okay. Then you got the emotional, five, emotional, emotional empowerment, meaning your emotions don't have to run your life. Hallelujah. Big amen. amen. Yes, hallelujah. All the men are like, I don't want to say yes to that. I don't want to say amen. <laughs> Yay, man. Amen to that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Healed emotions. But men, we need healed emotions. We have pains of the past. Pains that just creep up in the middle of nowhere and out in the, in the most inopportune moments for us, but they're opportune moment, moments for Satan. And he works within those broken and hurt and wounded emotions. We need emotional healing, emotional empowerment. We need, we have, then we get the body of Christ grace, meaning, man, I realize I am called to be in the body of Christ. I'm a part of the body of Christ, and I'm not saved just for me. I'm actually saved for you. And I need you, and you need me. We need each other. It's a grace that comes upon my life because it changes my mind, and it changes my heart. It changes me from being selfish to generous. And then, finally, finally then, you'll get this very thing that you wanted, but you've got to go through these other things, and in order to get to the vision and divine guidance, spiritual guidance. He starts to open up your eyes to the, the very calling and purpose that he's created you to. When you spend time in intimacy and friendship, developing friendship with the Holy Spirit, it's in those moments he starts to stir your heart for the very things that he's purposed you for, he's called you for. In fact, you're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for this good work. And you don't get to see this good work until you start to see him, until you can start to get in his presence, and you start to find some healing for you so that you can go and find that, be that for others. 
that's where you start to get divine guidance and vision for your life. Wow, this thing could be. Little spider, spidey sensors start to go off. It starts to wake up inside. Like this thing just causes me to come alive when I think about this. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? If not, hang around me a little bit and I'll let you know. I'm full of it for sure. <laughs> we're talking about being empowered to live on mission. And number one, we're empowered to live righteously. We're empowered to live righteously. So things change when we receive this grace. When we, when we receive the grace of Jesus who provides us with the Holy Spirit, it's no longer that I have to do the will of God or I have to follow the word of God. No, he writes his word on our hearts and we now have a desire to be pleasing and follow the word of God so that we can fulfill the will of God. It's a lot easier. Things do change because our desires begin to change, and so now we're willing to follow him out of an act of humility and obedience because of the relationship that we developed in intimacy. So it's not about I have to follow some rules. No, I get to lay some things down, and he does the work in me. You guys are going to get a great dose of sanctification training today. In Romans 7, 15, and 20, this is where people will use an excuse of, yeah, here's why I sin. Here's why this goes on. Here's what I do, why I do what I do. It's just, you know, just who I am is how God created me. But you need to read the whole story. When you read Romans, when you read any book of the Bible, there were chapters and verses put in the Bible that weren't originally there so that we could find addresses so we could identify places in the Bible. You need to know that. So when a chapter goes from seven to eight, it's not the end of the story in seven. We're starting a new story in eight. It's a continuum. So chapter seven, Romans 15, 20, he says, Paul, Paul's writing says, for what I, what I'm doing, I don't understand. Like I just be doing stuff. (laughs) But what I will to do that I do not practice, but I, what I hate that I do. If then I do what I will not to do. I agree with the law that is good, that it is good. Meaning, if I just keep doing the things I don't want to do, I'm saying, boy, I need that law. Boy, that, that, if I can just follow the law, I won't do all these things. But no, I don't need the law. But now, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin who dwells in me. He's like, this, I just got this sin inside of me. And it just kind of compels me and drives me. And fle- my flesh is just moving me around. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, Nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, man, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. Or the good, the good that I will, to, I will to do, meaning my will, I want to use my will to do this thing, I do not do it. But the evil I will not to do, man, I just do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. That's confusing. There's just something driving me inside. Now, if I do... What I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Like this sin just has got my flesh all messed up. Sorry about this, Mike. Romans seven twenty four. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God. Through, the, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's saying, yes, I got this sin and it's driving me every which way, but there's an answer. There's an answer. That doesn't have to be my life because God has already provided an answer through Jesus Christ. 
And then Romans 8, 3 and 4, for what the law could not do, that it, was, that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. He's saying, listen, he's declaring over you, hey guys, hey, 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 you, you, don't, you don't have to live according to the flesh. Jesus Christ has already broke the power of that sin that's driving your flesh so you can lean into the blood of the Holy Spirit, the, blood, the power of the Holy Spirit who flows through the power of the blood, and all you have to do is listen to the Holy Spirit. You don't have to continue to listen to the voice of the, of the flesh that wants to drive you into sin. Listen to that still, small voice, that one that just says, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. It won't work out that way. I've got a different plan. And it's funny how the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you, here's what will bless you. Here's how I'm going to bless you on the other side if you do this, this, and this. No, he just starts with this, hey, don't do it. And it's not loud and dominating. It's just a little whisper to try to get your attention. It says, hey, don't do it. There's something else. You probably shouldn't send that text. And we cultivate the ability to hear that voice like a loud earthquake because we daily spend time with the Lord and we're hearing his voice over and over and he's speaking into our soul and we start to discern and learn the language and how he speaks to us. So in those moments that are tense and I want to come over here and follow the flesh, but he's like, hey, don't do that. He comes in a whisper. And that you, however, Paul's saying, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature And some of you are like, oh, yes, I am. You ought to just watch me midweek, Pastor. (laughs) I'm a human highlight reel. But but no, you're not. You're, You're controlled by the power, by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. He's saying there's a way out. And he's saying you don't have to learn and try to earn it and try to work it out because the law doesn't work. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts and what you should and rules. That's not what this life is about. It's literally about a coming under and a yielding to the Holy Spirit in those pains and those hurts, those brokenness and those sins or those things that I want to do. I said, just lay it down and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and watch him just peel that stuff off of you. It's a laying down instead of trying to work for. We exhaust ourselves over here trying to be good when all we have to do is just lay down and be humble and obedient to the Holy Spirit, and he takes all that stuff anyway. It sure is a lot easier when you do it the Lord's way. Romans 8, 14. says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. You are a son. You are a daughter. If you are in Christ Jesus, the cries out, Abba, Father. You start to learn that your father is ever so present. Your heavenly father is ever so present. He will protect you. He will provide for you. His presence is real, and you can feel it. You can sense it because you engage in him through devotion and building intimacy and communion and friendship. This is where we get the, the empowerment. This is where we get the mental healing, the emotional healing, the spiritual healing, the physical. This is where we get the dunamis. This is where we get it. It's knowing and understanding that who we are in Christ and who, what he's done for us and what we have access to, but we, don't, we can't just have access to it. We have to actually access it. 
we have to go after it. We have to pursue it. We have to seek and we have to follow and we have to learn this art of obedience and laying down life rather than just trying to look pretty on the outside. His spirit will empower us. I I no longer have to do things. He's writing his word on my heart and I'm just drawn to the obedience of his word. The simplicities. And this life is is easier. It's more life-giving when I can just lay my life down and he takes the stuff away. So he empowers me to live righteously. It's not on my will. It's his grace that provides me the strength in my will to lay my life down. Let me just tell you, if you don't know that yet, Discipleship 101 and Maturing in the Lord, quit exhausting yourself trying to overcome a sin and just lay your life down and let him take it away. Number two, empowered to live supernaturally so your marriage can be healed, so you can be healed, so you can be set free from the addictions. And the same for others through you. Because when God comforts you in the area of an issue and a hurt and a pain and a difficulty and a strife, he does it so that then you can go and comfort others who are going through very similar things. He comforts you so you can go back to that small group and help the people in the small group and be, a, be of assistance rather than saying, I'm good. There's people in small groups that need your freedom. They need your healing. They need you and your story, and your testimony so that they can find the same comforts and healing and testimony that you've, been, you've received, not only just from God, but from others. This is the body of Christ. And this is the body of Christ's grace that he gives you when he comforts you in an area that you needed to be comforted. And there's power available for your situation. And we discussed this a little bit last week. How do you find the Holy Spirit? One, you gotta, you gotta let go of fear and misperceptions. Oh, I heard about that, those people. You got to let it go. Oh, I don't know. He's going to make me go to Africa. Okay. Even if he does, it'll be the best life you've ever lived. You'll be glad he, you'll be glad he called you. You'll be glad he supplied the way. You'll be, you'll be glad he provided you. And he'll make it, he'll make it a, he'll make it a life you, you never will regret. You got to go, go all in. You can't half step with the Holy Spirit. You can't get, get the goods and, and get out whenever it gets bad. It doesn't work like that. And you got to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 29, 13, we see that there's a condition. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Like that part of your heart that doesn't want to give. Yeah, yeah. When you seek him with that part of your heart too, you'll find him. When you seek him with all of your heart. Where I was in my life when the Lord first touched me, I needed a touch from God. And now I am where I am in my life. I don't want to have to wait till I need a touch from God to get a touch from God. So I, I dip into the pool every day so I can get a touch of God because I understand in this life, I need the power of God working in my life and the grace of, of the Lord Jesus Christ on my life every day to make the decisions that I need to make because I understand the flesh. And you need it too because you're living in a lost world every day dealing with mostly lost people every day and God is taking you into those places so that you can be a city on a hill a light in dark spaces so that you can lead them back to him through your life 
So you need the power and the presence and the, and the communion with the Holy Spirit so that they can see him through you and they can be a reflection of your time spent with God daily. You don't have to go and perform for anybody. You don't have to go and, and, and make anybody do anything they don't want to do. You don't have to go and try to earn it or, or effort it. All you have to do is be very natural because your relationship with the Holy Spirit is natural. Like, I don't have to act like I'm married to my wife. It's natural. I'm married. We have intimacy. We have intimate conversation. It's obvious. It should be obvious. That one, you're married, and two, you have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You have intimacy with Jesus. You have a relationship with Jesus, and it shines. It's obvious. But let me remind you some of the things that God can do when you lay down your will for his will and you receive this grace. In Acts, we see that him, him, there's a sound of rushing wind, and there's a miraculous work of God. There's tongues of fire that show up. There's a miraculous speech that takes place. There's a lame man that's healed. There's a building that's shaken. There's sudden death of Ananias and Sapphira. Don't lie about your giving. <laughs> Didn't work out for them. This is New Testament. Let me tell you your future. Uh, imprisoned apostles, freed by an angel. Philip was transformed to the, transported to the desert. There was a light and a voice at Saul's conversion. Saul blinded, was blinded and healed. Aeneas was healed of paralysis. Dorcas was restored to life. Herod's violent, had a violent death. Elymas, the sorcerer, was blinded. Crippled, there was a cripple at Lystra that was healed. Demons were cast out of a slave girl. Paul, freed from a prison by earthquake. Uh, Eutychus raised from the dead, Paul unaffected by viper's bite, and father of Publius was healed. Let me just tell you, there's a power that the Holy Spirit comes with, and when you're willing to humble yourself to him, and he is wanting to do the same powerful acts through you that he started in the book of Acts. But man, you've got to get it. The world needs you to get this. You need you to get this. God, God sent his son so that you get this. Jesus left so that we get this. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life, and we need to understand the fullness of the triune God and the, and the different attributes and persons that, that God, the Godhead exhibits. Let me see, show you in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit. We need the grace of Jesus. We need the love of the Father. Like our lives need to just reflect, of, boy, I, I, no matter what, I got a father that loves me. He, he empowers me. He strengthens me. Every day when I'm dropping my kids off at school, whichever one it is or both of them, I got my leg on, my hand on the leg on the, as I'm pulling in and to drop them off and they, somebody's getting them out. I say, Lord, I say, Lord, protect my child, protect them, cover them, keep their minds from being harmed from any issues, any pains of their, their friends or teachers. Lord, let your presence be with them so that anybody that comes in contact with them knows if they have a heavenly father, that, that, that he has a heavenly father and they can experience your presence. So let's pray for healing. I pray for, I'm sorry, protection. I pray for favor. Lord, I give them, as I pray for favor that my child was able to learn supernaturally and have supernatural wisdom and the things that they're, they're learning. So presence, favor, also pray for, for the protection of God. And I pray, I pray for influence. I want my son, my, my daughter to know that the presence of God has got him or her no matter what, what, where she's going and what they're doing or what he's doing and where he's going. 
And I want people to know when they encounter my children, they're encountering the Father, the love of the Father, the love of the Father. And it's all by grace, and it all comes through communion, meaning I'm going to commune, I'm going to do life with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be intentional. What this looks like is in those moments, I'm talking, I'm just doing life. Holy Spirit, I needed wisdom in this area. Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do in this situation. Holy Spirit, will you give me guidance? Holy Spirit, will you help me? And it also comes with, when I'm about to do something I shouldn't do, he says, mm, I got a different opportunity for you. And we never know what the opportunity is until we stop doing the very thing that we're about to do. And when we finally overcome and we overcome that iniquity or that sin or that stronghold or that whatever it is that's in your life or our lives, then he starts to open up favor. And the only reason he's allowing the things to take place in your life, to remember, there's iniquities that pass down from the fathers, the third and the fourth generation. And he's saying, is this going to be the generation that'll break that? Because I got some blessings to unfold for the generations that come after you, if you will. Way better, way better than that response. <laughs> Second Corinthians 3, 3, 4, 13, 14 in the message, the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit be with you all. We need to get it. So we're empowered to live righteously, we're empowered to live supernaturally, and we're empowered to live on mission. We're empowered to live on mission. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5 says, Our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. And deep conviction. And deep conviction. And when you got deep conviction, listen, no, 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 no resistance, no boundary, no border, no disagreement, no issue, no confrontation, no doubt, no worry, no fear, no anxiety will stop you from doing the very thing that you know the Holy Spirit has called you to do and is walking alongside in communion with there will be nothing that says no. There will be nothing that says stop. There will be nothing that causes you to stop going forward because you have a deep conviction. And that deep conviction comes because God rescued you out of some junk that nobody may have known about, but he knew and you knew, maybe a few did, but he rescued you, he, he healed you, he set you free. He's in the process of even delivering you, not for the sake of you, but for the sake of others. And the reason he's doing it is to put a deep conviction in you so that you can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and you can be the life change in somebody else's life. But if you don't have the deep conviction, you'll quit when it gets hard. When it starts to look like it's a fog and it's a cloudy and it's a mist and it's not, not easy to understand, you'll, you'll quit. That's why it's got to come with a deep conviction. It's going to get painful. It's going to hurt. It's got to cut some stuff out of you. There's got to be some mind shifting. There's got to be attitude changing. There's got to be some character shifting. There's got to be some stuff removed. You may have to get stripped down completely of everything that you thought was valuable in your life before God can get that deep conviction. But guess what? If it happens, he's going to build it all back tenfold. And you'll never get to see it if you quit along the way. Matthew 28, 16, and 20. This is your second calling, by the way. Your first calling is an intimate relationship with Jesus by way of the Holy Spirit, understanding the love of the Father. The great co-mission. Co-meaning that's you, and it's him, and it's others. You've been co-missioned. This is your second calling, your highest calling. Then the 11 disciples went away into, the, into Galilee to the mountains and which Jesus had appointed for them. 
when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Well, ain't, they, ain't that the truth? And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and fulfill your second calling. By the way, that's for everybody. And make disciples of all the nations. Are you making disciples? Are you a disciple? Are you learning to grow in the ways of the Lord, surrendering your will to the Lord? Are you learning about who you are in Christ and abiding accordingly? That's a disciple. And then you're, we're supposed to be doing the same in the lives of others. All of all the nation baptized, it doesn't say preachers. It doesn't say pastors. It doesn't say vocational ministry workers. It says business owner. It says layperson. It says employee. It says pastors. It says doctors. It says nurse. It says everybody. Go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. Not only are we baptizing them, not making disciples, but we're teaching them to observe the word of the Lord because we're living out the word of the Lord in our lives and it looks like it in their lives. And so they're starting to see and they're starting to follow. We're not making our disciples, we're making disciples of Christ. This is your calling. This is your calling. Matthew 13, you're wondering, well, well who would I be sent out to? Like, who's God going to call me to? Well, let me tell you. I'm glad you asked. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, Jesus said, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand and in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Boy, ain't that the truth. And seeing you will see and not perceive. That's what he's going to call you to. You're going to go out and you're talking and talking and talking. They're hearing you, but they don't hear a thing. <laughs> They're seeing it, but they ain't seeing it. The hearts have grown dull. But there's a change that happens. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes, they've closed lest they should see with their ears and hear with their, their, see with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts. But some of them, some of them are going to get it. And the day that they do, all of a sudden there creates revelation inside of them. Something starts to turn on eyes start to get open and all of a sudden the ears are starting to open up and now man my life is changing things are starting to shift I can see the favor of God on my life this is why we say give us a year of your life and when we when we serve you serve when we worship you worship when we when we show up you show up when we tithe you tithe whenever we give we give whenever we whatever it is we do you do that when we go to small group go to small group your life will be changed for the better and I promise you you'll be positioned for the best life ever but you have to do that. And you'll be called to these people. You'll be called to this place. 
And it'll be frustrating. You'll want to give up and you'll be like, man, they aren't listening. They don't say anything. They don't hear anything. They don't do anything. Their lives aren't changing. Nothing's happening. And all in the midst of it, God is using them to grow you and your character so he can strengthen you so that you can actually grow to be the person, only talking in in spiritual principles and parables, to be the tree of life that he's created and called you to be so that you can bear good fruit in all seasons so everybody from every kind can come to you and feed off of you until one day they start to get a revelation of who they really are in Christ and they start to get healed and they start to find out and discover, and then now they begin to grow. That's who God's going to call you to. Three people are excited about that. (laughs) And oftentimes the mission of your life begins, begins with a burden in your heart. There's an injustice that shouldn't be. There will be a continued rhythm of the injustice that God is revealing to you. And he may give you insight on a possible solution. And you're thinking, well, everybody else has seen it. They're not. Because they'd be doing it if they did. And the context of the calling will cause you to become a little bit restless in your heart. I just can't stand it. It's agitated. This really bothers me. This really bugs me. This something needs to be done. Something needs to change. Something needs to shift. Like it's just a conversation in your heart. And you think you're starting that conversation? That's an invitation to the Holy Spirit. And there will be confidence and doubt at the same time. I don't know, that's just too big. There's no way. This is, this is going to be impossible. I, there's no way I could do this. You, you're on the right path. Oh, man, these people are going to, they're going to think I'm crazy. I'll have to change. You know, I'll lose some friends. And, and you know, people aren't going to accept it. Yeah, you're, you're getting close. I don't know if anybody's going to agree with me. And if, if people don't agree, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's, you're getting close. It's getting good. And here's why people are like, oh, you know what? I've heard, uh-uh, I've heard those conversations. Mm-mm. People started getting into ministry. They started getting sick and ill and, and things started breaking apart and, and cars started wrecking and dying and all this, all this stuff started happening to their lives. It's like a target of Satan, for Satan was on their back. Yep, there you go. Now you're starting to get it. But there's good news in the midst of all of this because in the same way in Isaiah 54, he said, yeah, I'm gonna call you to him. But he says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Meaning it's going to form and it's going to form and it's going to look like it's very dangerous and it's going to put a little fear and anxiety possibly in you, but it will not prosper. Meaning there's going to be an artillery. There's a a factory that makes weapons and it's geared towards you and they're constantly being made and it looks like there's weapons everywhere. There's stuff. I don't know if it's ever going to work out, but they will not prosper. It's all doom and gloom and smoke. I can't see my way out of this. I don't know if it's ever going to work out. God, it, doesn't, it won't work out unless you show up. You're getting close. That's what following the Lord looks like. Being led by the Holy Spirit looks just like that. Can't sleep at night. I'm crying. I'm, I'm lamenting. I'm sorrowful. I'm burdened. I'm, I'm hating it also on all sides. Great. Your character is being prepared. I'm stretched on all sides. Nobody's doing anything. They're not listening. Good news. That's it. Don't think it's anything different. And every tongue which rises against you, and it will, everybody's got something to say. The Father will condemn. He's got it. And it's in that moment when weapons start to prosper, or sorry, weapons start to get formed against you, and you're going and you're in the battle and you're following mission and you're following the Holy Spirit and that stuff starts to get loud 
and people start to naysay, that's when you start to understand the, pr- the protection and the provision of your father. My daddy's got my back. Good news. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So many are like, man, I don't know what you're talking about, pastor. Those weapons been forming and prospering. Maybe because you're not living the mission that God's called you to. Because if you're on mission, his promise is that they won't prosper. They'll be formed up all around. Walls as tall as, tall as you can get it. You think the border wall's high, but it won't prosper if you're on mission. Because this is the heritage that passed down from, the, from Abraham, our spiritual father. This is a blessing that Jesus Christ went to the cross for so that you can prevail. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me. Meaning, you don't even have to work for it. I just start to do it in you because now I have the will, your will, and your, my will is your will. He just does it. It gets really good. So, what do you need to do? Number one, you need to discover the gifts that God has for you. Scripture says we all have different gifts, different gifts according to the grace that was given us. Number two, develop the gifts God has, has given you. Like you've got a gift. Discover what it is. But you, you need to get some training. You need to practice. You've got to develop that thing out a little bit. Paul wrote to, Tim, to, to the Corinthians, follow the way of, the, of love and eagerly desire. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Somebody say it with me. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's you, friend. He writes to Timothy, his disciple, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift God, is with, God which is in you. Like you gotta fan that thing. Fan that thing. It's not going to fan itself. It's not going to ignite itself. You better get out there and get a, little, get a little uncomfortable and start using that gift that you've discovered so that you can develop it. Yeah, you're going to mess up. Yeah, it ain't going to work out every time. Yes, you're going to pray for people and they may not get healed then or they may not get healed yet. Yeah, you're going to prophesy and it's going to fall flat. But do it anyway. Because you've got to stir that thing up. That's your responsibility to get into unity, unity and communion with the Holy Spirit. And then from there, you go out with the power of the Holy Spirit and what he's saying to do, not what you're saying to do. Because you have a responsibility to deploy that gift. 1 Peter 4.10 says that God has given gifts to each one, each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Notice that stewardship and generosity are always together. Manage them well. Steward them well. Utilize them and watch God's generosity flow through you. This is why he tests our heart with the, with the tithe. It's nothing. The 10% is nothing. He's trying to create a generous heart that can experience his generosity so that we're willing to give that generosity back. 
And when we finally start to understand this principle of returning back to God what belongs to him, he says, yep, I got your heart because my, where your treasure is, so too is your heart. Now that I have your heart, when I speak, I know you'll listen and you'll do accordingly and I can provide for the, I can bring provision for the vision that I have for your life. You can seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You can have all of it except for this part. Mm-hmm. Don't work like that. When I, four years, I was four years saved and I started living on mission. I got it. I knew it. I had deep conviction. No, there was injustice and God burdened me with it. Year five, I'm on full-time ministry on mission, living in another country. I'm a baby. Getting a little bitty salary, living in another country, trying to figure out how's this going to work. Returning my 10% back to the Lord through the church. Another 10% I was using to buy Pepsis, coloring books, baleadas for the kids in the little Bordos of Squatter Village where I was helping the little hunter and young adults. God was blessing. He was blessing. Living on 80%, living the high life in the most impoverished country in the world. Today, my wife and I still live on 80%. We give, give 20% away every year. And let me just tell you what the creative value and the things that God gives me and insight and things that I know is not humanly possible. I'm living a supernatural on-mission lifestyle. Let me tell you, I assure you, I'm constantly getting creative ideas, constantly getting thoughts, constantly getting vision of things of how it could be and should be. And I'm constantly being inspired by the Lord because of those things. And God can do more with my 80% than I could do with that extra 20% if I didn't give it away, I assure you. And because of that gift and because of that generosity and because of that heart of selflessness, he restores way more than the 20% that I would have kept myself. You got to get this. But it comes with intimacy first of the whole, with the Holy Spirit, spending time getting to know his voice and hearing that small whisper and obeying his word. That's it. Can I pray for you? Because, man, I really want you to get this. Would you stand up? Because I know some of you are asleep. <laughs> revealed, real, revealed time. Hey, this is not complicated life. It's really easy. But man, that flesh has got to die. That will has got to be handed over. And you, and you got to decide that you're not smarter than God. And man, life gets so good. In the kingdom of God, you've got to die to live. The Holy Spirit right now today, I just pray that you speak to every one of your, your children. They don't know you. I pray that you guide them to Jesus today. And if they do know you, Father, I pray that they get to know you deeper with more intimacy, more clarity of voice so that you, uh, they understand that you are their provision, you are their protector, your presence is ever so real in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen and amen.